and we're live. And I think I nailed it that time. I'm actually really happy about that. What I didn't nail this morning, let's just <laughs> get this out at the front, is my hair because we can't exactly leave anymore. So I was like, all right, I got to I got to do what I got to do. And that involved taking care of my hair. And the internet lied. They said a two was a quarter inch. This is apparently a two. This is not a two. (laughs) And so now because of the camera angle and everything, it almost looks like I kind of went for a mullet as as Baxter tweeted. (laughs) This side is untouched. This side is so long. This side is not. I hate it. Let's... (laughs) Let's get into the lore. My clippers died. Okay, <laughs> I don't use the damn things. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, it's great. You yeah, kind of, you know, it's, back in a big way. It's kind of, it's kind of. I wonder, you know. So today, we we are talking about Brother Vance. Yeah, and he's blind. Uh-huh. And it looks like a blind person cut your hair. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's that's kind of a nice. It's a nice segue. It works really well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, look, we're all <laughs> so. Everybody is isolated. Everybody is going to reach a point where they're like, "Okay, I just need to shave my hair." Yeah, I think and... I saw a streamer actually like completely bald, and I was like, well, I don't want to go that far, but that's a good point. I do need to take care of my hair sooner than later. Yeah. Because now, yeah. like, I'll come out of this with just the hair that I like, I hope. I don't know. I hope this doesn't actually so, mess up my hair. I used to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is for Danny as well in the chat, okay? Um, so, when I was, like, 21, I used to have quite long... Not long hair, but, you know, like, it, I, I let my hair grow a lot. I didn't go to the hairdressers that often. And then one time, it was I was at university... It was raining really heavily, and I had to run to the bus station. And I was waiting in the queue to buy it. You had to, it was like a long distance bus, so you had to queue up to buy a ticket at the at the office. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy in front of me in the queue, who like he was like kind of a tall guy. He was like you know he had like a shaved head, completely shaved. And he just like I was absolutely drenched. And he pulled out his handkerchief and just like dabbed his shaved head dry. <laughs> and I was like, I'm such an idiot. What am I doing yeah. with all of this hair like an idiot? And I was like, right, I'm going to shave my head. So I bought some clippers and I was like, from now on, I'm just going to shave my head forever. And like now every every two ground. weeks. Hmm? Now you found a middle ground. No. Well, what happened? So I, I shaved my head for years for like six or seven years or something. Oh every God. two weeks I shaved my head. And then, um, you know, like this was years later. I was living in Edinburgh. And one of like one of my friends, like I started growing my hair again because I was like, I, I'm a bit sick of shaving my head all the time. Yeah. One of my friends was like, oh, I just I just presumed you were you were bald. And that's why you shaved your head. <laughs> I was like, oh, that had, it had never occurred to me that somebody would jump to that <laughs> conclusion. But one thing is, as well, when I started growing my hair back, like when you when you get your hair cut, like hairdressers do a really good job at like shaping your hair. Yeah. If you just let it grow all at the same time. That's what time, I'm afraid of now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it the... looks really it looks weird. 
you get the microphone head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's what happens with my hair now where if it grows too much, it kind of grows mm-hmm. out. It doesn't grow down. Yeah, that's that's what my hair's like as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. On on the you topic know, I, of uh, uh, hair stories, though, I also used to have long hair in my early twenties and teen years. And one day, uh, I said, "I hate this. I hate having long hair, and I really want to get it cut." But I was super anxious about going somewhere and getting it cut because I didn't know what to even ask for. So mm-hmm. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I just took a pair of regular paper scissors and I pulled all the hair and like that I could get in front of me, and I went to it just in a straight line and i looked at myself and i'm like i'm getting a haircut today <laughs> wow forced me wow. i could not i could not go outside and not get a haircut within the hour did it end up that. like a weird shape it was you, it was it was horrible i did not take a picture i w- i okay <sighs> i looked i looked even worse than i do now <laughs> <laughs> this just looks like I fell asleep at a party with my shoes on. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, if you were over here in the South, people would just think you're normal. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, totally. I like it. It's a new yeah. style. Where's your flag? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So last week, we only got to the second entry of Trials and Tribulations because of stupid stuff like talking about our haircuts. And this mm-hmm. week... <clears throat> we are continuing Trials and Tribulations. Uh, if you've played every week so far, the furthest you can get is Chapter 4 of 9. Uh, we are on 3 of 9 now. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, I mean, we're going to go ahead of that if, if we can. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. <laughs> well, look, in, in our defense, the first three were probably the heaviest parts. You think so? I think so. Did you mean like stuff. the lengthiest? Maybe there was a lot of philosophical discussion <laughs> I mean, in the first three. That's maybe. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, who wants to talk about entry three? Well, should we should we like read through it a little? Yeah, that's what I mean. it's quite a long one. Yeah. Do you want to read through it a little? Do you do you know yeah, what's important yeah. here? Because this is a really long one. Well, I'm trying to remember, like, because I I I I reread it before the last episode, but then I didn't reread it again before this episode. Yeah. So I've kind that of forgotten crazy. a little bit what happens where. Um, yeah. This in this card, it's it's brother Vance. Um, I've been called mm-hmm. by my house, small chapel erected. This is uh this is when Vance gets to the lighthouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is his arrival. So in the first let me just open them up and remind myself. So yeah, in the first chapter is quite a you know, well, well we discussed a lot like what what does this describe? But and then the second chapter is about the um arrival of the of the the cult of Osiris to Mercury. Mm-hmm. And then chapter three is that the cult of Osiris is already somewhat established. Yeah. And this is about Vance arriving. Yeah. And um, so this lighthouse, because there are many lighthouses. Remember back in early D2 when they're like, oh, this is the lighthouse from D1. Mm-hmm. We went here and we went flawless. I'm like, that doesn't right. even look even slightly the same. Yeah. It's... 
but yeah so this is one of the many lighthouses and is this do you think this is the same lighthouse that vance is currently in like still um hmm i think yes i don't see why not but i don't i don't know so are we saying so like th- they're parallel lighthouses well i mean there's more than one <clears throat> yeah so well, is, when you, is when the you lighthouse mean... that vance first went to the one that he is in today is my question right. <clears throat> because even huh. the, the trials of osiris lighthouse had cult of osiris uh memorabilia and stuff you know mm-hmm. like clearly cultists were there but was vance there is that one that he visited is that one that he stays at like yeah. was that his original oh, lighthouse and he moved to the one outside the infinite forest because he's like let's sit outside the infinite forest and wait for osiris like i think so there's a possibility i just wanted to double check and the when you go flawless mm-hmm. in the current trials of osiris you arrive at the lighthouse but it's clearly not the same lighthouse as either you know? the two that we've yeah, previously exactly. been to yeah. so there are many lighthouses, and they're all called the lighthouse. Yeah. So that's nice and straightforward. I'm just wondering: is there a chance that the lighthouse that you go to after trials is just like the top of the the lighthouse that Vance is in? Because you're only—I don't think so. But I haven't been flawless this uh, iteration of Destiny yeah. yet. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it is. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so, chapter three. Oh, hey, Green's in chat. Hi, Green. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the lighthouse built with the Empyrean Foundation, right? Because that was the the hologram. This is a newly built lighthouse. Yeah. There was already too many, and Saint was like, well, we could definitely use another. And instead of calling it, like, the new lighthouse... It was the lighthouse. It's just the lighthouse. Uh, in this, though, I think there is a very interesting uh, and part of this where uh, Vance removes his hands from the pew and slid them into his lap. His eyes jittered in blackness behind a fl- fresh cloth wrap waiting for clarity. The two guardians circled the chapel, lighting candles and torches that billowed incense the air thickened osiris tells us that the darkness will return that darkness will rise and choose its champions tells us that we must look beyond ourselves beyond the city if we are to combat such an evil the traveler alone will not save us we are meant to save the traveler and all of its people uh which after the events of curse of osiris we are led to believe the uh final curse of osiris comic which is only in the comics collection book if you'd bought that there's another entry or another comic where osiris is talking to uh sagira and he mentions how the darkness will pick its champions which this kind of like clashes in a timeline sense where this obviously happens way before curse of osiris because vance hasn't even set up the trials of osiris from d1 yet and if that's the case, why was Sagira not already aware of his prophecy that the darkness would choose its champions? So that's in the... Yeah, I'll go grab it. It's this 
Okay. Of my shelf. All right. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Um. So yeah, just continuing on with this entry, I'll I'll post it in the chat actually for anybody who wants to read along. Oh, you came back much. You came back a lot quicker than I thought you would. I thought you'd be like a few more seconds. I said it was just on the other side of my shelf. Ah, uh, but I know how big your shelves are. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it is in this physical copy. There is this final. Let's see if it actually has a title. The it's called the Prophecy of Osiris, and it's mm-hmm. it's one final comic of which Osiris is talking with uh, Sagira about everything, and. He comes out onto what appears to be Mars for those um, watching, because it looks all icy. I can only imagine it's Mars. I guess it could be anywhere, though, huh? Well, probably not Mercury, but... Well, that's what I mean. It, it could be, yeah. like, um, but it could uh, be Enceladus or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But so Osiris says, One will fall on a tangled shore. He who rules nothing brings something back. One who... The one who promises keeps the gift, and in a city, a cloud of dreams, she waits. The darkness will rise and choose its champions. They will be its hands, its will, and its voice, and some of the light will hear their words. And Sagira's reacting to this. It's not like, yeah, yeah, you've told me this before. It's like, like, what's up with this new thing you're telling me for the first time? So why would Osiris have told the cultists this you know it's just like it feels yeah. like a, a bit of a clash hmm. yeah well, i kind of I, I wonder if that goes back to when you know he he feels or I, i'm assuming that osiris feels that uh t- giving too much information to the cultists would somehow affect the outcome of the future timeline and maybe there are certain things that he doesn't share with sagira i mean we know that he doesn't share a lot of things with sagira even hmm. i guess I don't know. She I seems think to it's... be surprised by several of the things he's done. Even in the even in the uh, cutscene, you know, she seems to be like, you know, a little bit in the dark. Even though she's the closest to Osiris, she's still kept um, at somewhat of a length. I think for he he believes that it's for her own protection, or for everyone's protection. Mm. So maybe he maybe he just didn't share that bit of information with her until he fought, felt like it was necessary or i mean what would the alternative be he's not who he is that would be scary <laughs> i don't even know what that means i'm trying to find the the oh man i can't be bothered what's going on okay so yeah that is weird it is weird that there's there's maybe like a uh, a mismatch between you know if that is kind of a new prophecy in the the comics yeah i don't know but i i don't think do you think do you think people how much do you think guardians can keep things from their ghosts really like if if well, that's what i mean like osiris and sagira were a team it's not like they were they weren't yeah. um Ikora and her ghost, whose name I can't pronounce, 
you know, it was it was very different. Yeah. Right. I I just think it's I think it was they were trying to call reference to the comic mm-hmm. and the timelines just kind of didn't mesh with it. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. Hmm. And it's just something, makes too something much I noticed. Okay. So, um Yeah, so then Vance following on from that, Vance actually seems like he doesn't especially want to save the no. <laughs> the traveler and all of its people and um he says the very so uh Fiora says um we are meant to save the traveler and all of its people mm-hmm. and Vance says uh the very same who would have cast us out who exiled the prophet hmm so this i mean Osiris must have been exiled by this point right yeah yeah he was already well he was kicked out because in the other book or in the other chapter chapter two they actually say like they kicked you out and osiris is like they didn't kick me out right you misunderstand the events that transpired i was not exiled i chose to leave like yeah he was already gone from the city at that point and i think it it does yeah it does say self-imposed exile and as we discussed last week what you know it would be interesting to know what Toland had done to, yeah. you know, for him to actually be exiled. Had to be like while... bad juju, right? Maybe. <laughs> like if, if bad juju, cause I used to believe that bad juju was an attempt at creating a weapon of sorrow, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite there. If bad mm-hmm. juju was legitimately that, if they were like, um, Toland's doing what Rezal Azir did, we got to mm-hmm. kick him out before we have another case of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> I mean, I know I know Toland's a jerk, but I just love Toland. I do. I I like him much less now that he talks. I actually <laughs> like him more. Like, you just shut up. I'm just trying to do my I'm just trying to do my Seraph event and he's like, "Will you be like your <laughs> vanguard?" and I'm like, "Yes, shut up." <laughs> He kind of sounds like one of my grandfathers. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I don't suppose did your grandfather lead a bunch of people to the moon and just oh. for them to die? Just for them to die. Um, but and then also in this entry, it seems that the cult of Osiris believes that when the collapse, the second collapse is going to happen because this concept of the second collapse is, is coming up mm. and coming up and coming up. Uh, they believe Mercury will be one of the first points of it, which is interesting because Mercury was almost destroyed just because the Red Legion wanted to power a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I guess uh, the prophecies aren't too accurate then. Do you think do you think most like big cabal ships just devour planets? Hmm. I mean it's it is two. We have two yeah. of their biggest ships that devour planets. Interesting. It is. It, it, isn't it weird that a ship that can eat a planet is like, oh, uh, Vex? Right. It, it just couldn't it couldn't eat the Vex. Isn't that odd? What do you mean? It couldn't eat the Vex. Argos. Well, cause, yeah. 
it sucked up part of Nessus. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's like indigestion. Yeah, that's what that's what Kalos <laughs> called it. But like, yeah. it seems weird where it's like, yeah, this thing can literally eat a planet, but that Vex is. So yeah, but think about it, right? Because it's like you can you can eat... shoot a Vex. No, but like like as a person, right? Okay. You can eat an apple. Yeah. Okay. But if there there are certain things that if you eat them, like if it's like a um like a, a worm or whatever, you know, um, like like what is it like like flat flatworms? Is that what they're called? Oh, you know, um, like the, there yeah. are parasites that you yeah. can eat, and when yeah. you eat them, they actually don't get dissolved by your stomach acid. They just live in your stomach and share your hmm. food. Tapeworms. Yeah, tape tapeworms. Although I like the green said tapworms. That's that's now I'm just imagining uh, a worm tap dancing. Oh, I thought like a beer single, tap and worms shoe. would come out. Oh, maybe. Mm. That's like a hive. It's worms drink. on tap. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's tap, anyway, it's tap worms. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <sighs> um. What were we talking about? Planets eating planets. Oh yeah. Yeah, like basically. The Leviathan ate some Vex. Vex are like tapeworms to planet-eating machines. Oh, I get it. So Callus wants to grow fat from strength, and the tapeworms were making him not fat anymore. Yeah, ah, exactly. It's go. all coming together. Yeah, it's like, hang on. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to lose weight. <laughs> anyway. But So in this entry, they say, The spires of Mercury shall be filled with the glory of the Traveler. Their light will shine against the long shadow when darkness reaches to snuff out the sun. Mercury will sing when day finds night, and we will direct it. These are Osiris's words by his own hand. We followed the prophet here to facilitate his preparations for the second coming, whatever they may be. Uh, she marinated in the energy of the ch- chapel. <laughs> we will Delicious. learn how the light here is to defeat the darkness. This is what he asked of us. These lighthouses are our deliverance. And now, my brothers and sisters, there is much work to do. The, the herd stood up in response to their shepherd, Vance among them. Which, like, that's so insulting to them, just right off the bat. The herd stood yeah. up, like, yep, you're a bunch of lemmings, and you're just running off that fucking cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it has, like, a biblical connotation to it. Hmm. It's almost it's almost like... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big thing in this, isn't it? Where, um, yeah. Christ, what I there was something that I I didn't want to say it, but you you opened the door. <laughs> Christ, I'm sorry. Follow the shepherd. Yeah. So Green says this is from Osiris's perspective, correct? So do, do you mean the um, is it? that entry? I thought it was all from Vance's perspective. I mean, it's I guess I it's it was from kind a third, of uh, it's a third person. Yeah, third person outside. Really. Yeah, um, I think it's all from from the third person. I, like I don't I don't think Osiris would have this almost this is like a sermon, you know. This is Feora is like. You know, I know a lot of stuff about um, Osiris, and I'm going to preach to to the to like the my congregation. Um, 
Right. I found yeah. the uh, I found the bit. It said, okay. uh, Sister Feora said, the lightless are filled with fear. Fear is a seed of darkness working to compel them to its ends. And it's like, that sounds familiar. Mm. <laughs> like, that's like, oh, the devil is compelling mm-hmm. you to do things. Fear leads to hate. Yeah. We should have just, like, a moment where we just, like, hate. I think that'd be good for society. You know, I know exactly what book you've been reading, Anon. <laughs> Anon, is, Anon has been reading 1984. I've, and been reading, I've been reading the Office book. It's actually really Oh, <laughs> okay. It's the same. Anon has been reading 1984, which I think is a bad idea. I, do, I don't believe in banning books, but <laughs> I'm worried that Anon is getting some really dangerous ideas. I am taking all the wrong lessons. <laughs> so... So are you really reading 1984 right now? Yeah, I actually am as well. Okay. I, I took a I took you. a break from it and because the office book came out and I I was like I I got to read this book. It's actually did, really good. Did you know that there is a an item in Destiny that's related to 1984? No, I didn't. That's awesome though. Yeah. What's, it's what's the, the item? Hibridine thought crime ship. Oh. Hmm. Oh yeah, thought crime. Yeah. And it, and it was uh and it 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 was one of the first ones that really kind of made me realize there's a lot more to some of these lore cards like some of these lore cards have very deep layers you know some of these uh items have very deep layers and meanings mm-hmm. and uh i couldn't figure out why hibridian was so important but then i did a lot of research and i found out that george orwell wrote 1984 Mm-hmm. In the Hebridean Isles. Mm. Or however well, you pronounce it. Where did it. this ship come from? Is this this random strike? Iron, Iron Banner D1. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that says about the Iron Lords. <laughs> uh huh. Where were we? So. Uh, should we go on? I, don't, I can't remember what, what got us onto this point. Shall we talk about chapter four? Yeah. Okay. Now this so chap- is this is Vance's perspective. These are yes. his journal entries. I think we should say that straight. In the yeah. Post a link in the chat. So, um, I guess this one isn't as long. Should we just read through it? Yeah, if you want to read okay. some entries. So entry three. My days since arriving at this sanctuary have been blessed with acceptance and tranquility. Healthy debate regarding the teacher's words is welcomed and appreciated. We all seek to understand the light and the necessity for darkness. Sister Feora has fawned over my interpretation of the text. She said I could see what others could not. She has opened my mind to the consideration that my condition is a blessing rather than a curse. Time will tell. should i keep going i figured okay Mm. yes necessity for the darkness Mm. entry eight and this is this is an interesting one um our peace was disrupted today by an assault from the warmongering cabal at our doorstep i was ushered to safety at the top of the spire by liana one of our warlock sisters 
Without a moment's notice, she jumped straight into the fray and began to push our intruders back. During the battle, something strange occurred. Liana was fighting near insurmountable odds, based on the amount of ammunition I heard discharged, and she was overcome. Of course, she was resurrected by her ghost, but the spire reacted. There was a hum. The timber consisted of two distinct resonating notes, one smooth and one... Well, sorry, one, one smooth and warm, the other sharp and cold. I thought I could have imagined it through the ringing of gunfire, but it was almost certainly there. It was almost imperceptible, and I thought merely a coincidence until it happened again. Eremak, the other warlock and student of the Dawnblade, Dawnblade was also temporarily disposed of. The roar of the Colossus's slug launcher tearing through Erumak's flesh was unmistakable, but so was the tone that followed. I have to know more. We were able to withstand their incursion, but not without suffering a few casualties. Now we must prepare for a funeral, but my thoughts are dominated by that mysterious tone. Perhaps later we can try to replicate it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like this is really the start of what this whole chapter is about, what this whole book is about. Yeah. You know, um, this weird kind of side effect mm -hmm. of the lighthouse that occurs based on based on kind a, of resurrection. A, a vex construct. Mm-hmm creates a tone when guardians died yeah that's crazy yeah that and it's almost happen. yeah I, I mean you know like you have to <clears throat> there's a lot of questions about the vex like if they if they are time traveling aliens that are like robots that are able to you know like like surely if they have all of these capabilities they should just be able to win like mm. if they marched on the city like, couldn't they march on the city in the during the collapse, or during just, the Red War? Yeah, like like could they, or even you know, like they, they could have waited just outside the city. Yeah, like, like there's, got everyone there's so who many, was escaping. Well, there's that's so many the questions. Rub. They can't they can't predict the unpredictable. I mean, we're we're unpredictable, or the Guardians are. Yeah, Anything I mean, that has paracausal power. If they could predict sure. that the Cabal are going to invade the city. And that they can predict that humans are going to be fleeing the city. They should be able to deduce that guardians will be fleeing the city. Well, that's why they run simulations. But that's what I mean. So, yeah. if they really, if they really wanted to win, the red war happens, and they just surround the city. They let the cabal do their thing, and then mm -hmm. when any guardian comes running out, like we did, they just like pop us off, snuff us off. Yeah. But like that, that's the thing. When I, when we lost mm. our light. Surely, then we were simulatable, <laughs> and I think even now yes. we're actually becoming becoming simulatable. It's that mm -hmm. when they first encountered us, they couldn't comprehend us, and now they're learning. Now they're being mm. able to simulate us. We've had several things that kind of suggest that through um, some of the old missions on Nessus and stuff, where we yeah. get a uh, failsafe trapped in the the network, and like Osiris says hi. Yeah, that was crazy. Things like or that. Or you know, in my mind automatically goes to the to the DFA lore where the cabal are trapped in the simulation, but they know they are. Mm -hmm. But then they 
then they don't realize they realize that they're just a construct of the vex but that their existence is repeating mm. basically they're, they're they realize the same thing that the ishtar collective team realized mm-hmm. even if they are just a creation of the vex why should they mm. accept that why should they accept that the vex are their creators when they could become more than yeah yeah um so before we actually continue we we stopped halfway through this entry um mm-hmm. today i was playing destiny and i was cleaning up the fe- uh some empty spaces collecting lore doing whatever i could and it, i realized something uh for those who don't realize the lore is actually divided into three subsections the light dusk and dawn and the darkness and trials and tribulations is under the darkness category Mm. Hmm. that's interesting yeah I, I mean when you look at everything comparatively like letters from Eris, where she's talking about the nightmares and talking about what she found on the pyramid that's on mm-hmm. the light side so it kind of even though it discusses dark things it suggests it's working towards the light but trials and tribulations which suggests is uh kind of dark things like guardians dying it mm-hmm. is working towards the dark. That's interesting. But I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I wonder how. I wonder what, what the thought process is around which, law book goes into which group yeah. on in the game. And it seems like it seems like it's not just random because Dusk and Dawn has the fewest. Yeah. Just like buy like maybe five or six books. And when we only get one or two books a season, that's a big number to have. That's like yeah. a, that's that's like a year of, of lore that's not going in there. Mm-hmm. And Green brought up a good point in chat that Saint was with the Vex for so long that they were actually able to tune into the frequency of his light. And and use that and mm-hmm. use that to kill him. Mm. We saved. Him, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to finish off reading uh, this? God, yeah. I hate my hair. I keep the, looking at it. There's, there's not, there's not a lot more, so I'll, I'll keep going. Entry twelve. After explaining the phenomenon to Sister Fiora, she has recruited the warlocks to persi- participate in Thanatonautic death, in the hopes to recreate the hum and gain some clarity into its purpose. During these trials, I had others accompany me to the top of the spire to see if they too could hear the tones. None were able to ascertain much. It seems one would need to be musically inclined or have some training, and the weight has fallen on me to decipher the code. I can't be sure of the intent, but I am certain of the cause. Every time one of our warlocks sacrificed themselves, the same resonance would reverberate through my ears. What does it mean? And what purpose does it serve? Is the spire, in fact, an instrument? I need to expand my research further and see what tones this structure is capable of producing. Entry 22. Through countless debates, I have received permission to broaden the scope of my inquisition. We have designed to organize something more formal. Launching under the guise of a tournament or competition We're leveraging contacts we've made to repurpose some weaponry as bounty. 
The Guardians are already killing themselves in Shax's Crucible. I proposed making our version more exclusive to draw out only the most adept fighters with the strongest connection to the light. We can make them purchase entry to further fund our studies. They will literally pay for the privilege to kill each other for our rewards. I've stumbled onto something grand. I will do whatever it takes to get the answers I seek, just as Osiris would. Should he ever return, I imagine he will be quite proud and pleased to see me. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, we got some junk I mean, weapons. Maybe the Guardians want them. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder, so, like, perks. Like, what are perks in Destiny? Yeah. Like, from a lore perspective, are they completely unimagined as anything like they don't exist a gun is a gun it doesn't actually have a special ability type of type of deal except for maybe exotics yeah. i don't know because it's yeah it's a good question i don't know because like that there has to i don't know i think because he's basically hard. saying he just gave us trash but there was yeah. objectively good guns coming out of yeah. osiris trials of osiris yeah <laughs> It's a yeah, it's an odd it's an odd combination. And I mean I feel as though, you know, I, it's interesting that this is the direction that 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 the the story is now taking. Um like there was never any hint in Destiny 1 mm -hmm. that the trials were like I know Osiris wasn't in Destiny 1 as a character. But it it did feel as though the trials were organized with Osiris's understanding, except now this is saying not really, you know, like the cult right. of Osiris set up the trials of Osiris and it had nothing to do with Osiris, really. Like the fact the fact that they follow his teachings is really the only connection between the trials in D one and um Yeah. Like the, the the name of it, do you know what I mean? Sure. So that begs the question: What are the exploits now? Now that they know Charles of Osiris was a thing and created around, because neither Saint Fourteen nor Vance, I mean, or or Cyrus were present at the time of Trials of Osiris in D one. So now that they're aware of it and using it. What is their involvement Wait, with that? Say that again, sorry? What, what, did what, you is, say? what is whose involvement yeah. with Trials of Osiris? Right. No, well, I'm so, asking you. <laughs> so what is... My 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 understanding of Bre Brother Vance's Osiris in D1 mm -hmm. at the time was to... Um, it was a construct to become... Uh, closer to Osiris's wishes, like yeah, his will. Way. Yeah. So now going forward, what is the uh, what is what is Saint Fourteen Osiris and Vance as a trio? What's their objective to gain from one another? I don't think Vance is involved with it in this iteration. No, I, I don't think so either. But it is a good question. Why you know Osiris wanted to restart the trials? Yeah. And I think what I think we it? got the answer to that in um, 
what was it devil's ruin when we go back to twilight gap yeah osiris pops in on the on the radio chatter and he's like i always keep an eye on guardians that show promise and it's like oh so maybe he's trying to find guardians that show promise saint 14 said that the imperian foundation was meant to be a beacon to call guardians home it Mm. it almost feels kind of meta because it almost feels like saint 14 is saying people have left the game and we're bringing back yeah, trials. Yeah, I mean it to... absolutely is. Yeah, and even yeah. the even the the digs about you know the weapons. That's a call out to us and how yeah. they they reuse uh, terminology to make sure that you're following the guidelines of the lore as to what the you know as to what's going on behind the curtain. Like they use the word adept, you know, mm-hmm. and we know that adept weapons were in trials of Osiris uh, for the people that went to the lighthouse and. Um, for the for the best of the best but so that my so my so i guess what i'm i'm trying to say is like where's vance in all this i don't think he is involved he's on he's on mercury <laughs> i know so like it, it's it's funny to me because here comes saint 14 and you know osiris and they're like oh hey that's great you built this wonderful thing and we can use it now so give it to us hmm I mean, they're doing it for their own reason. Later in later in this lore book, we find that Osiris is very unhappy with what Vance has done and considered it dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Saint Fourteen and Osiris is doing must be different, or Osiris weighed the options and decided it was worth the danger of doing it. And and to and to point to more meta, when <laughs> Osiris put out or when he had his prophecies <laughs> i just did air quotes oh you did <laughs> yeah I didn't when know. Osiris totally did had prophecies that vance calls prophecies um which are like the little breadcrumbs so that you know there there's like a little bit of manipulation going there i don't know what he had to have known in some way that there you know i mean he had to have known in some way that he was partly responsible for this whole thing. That Osiris was responsible. Yeah. For the... Yeah. I mean, well, he, it seems like he was blindsided. <laughs> it's funny. Cause Hans is blind. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it's one of these things where it's like, you totally can't say that Osiris is, partly responsible for this because he gave very tacit approval like you know mm. he, he he didn't he doesn't he doesn't think very highly of the cult of osiris but he basically allowed them to continue on on mercury um and i think if he'd done more to discourage them or if he'd been more involved and instead of brushing them off and saying these people are annoying like an annoyance if he had worked more closely with them then he would have known the purpose behind the trials of osiris you know so to, to an extent i do think that it's you know osiris is responsible but at the same time i don't think that you can really blame him for it's not like you, you know like given the information that he had i think he he made the the choice that he thought was best i i don't right. think he would have ever supported the trials of osiris had he known 
what it was leading to. So it's like it's like um, it's like an accident and of Osiris, yeah. <laughs> but then it works out in the end. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Os Osiris is very angry about the whole. Well, we'll, we'll get to that point, I guess. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spoil that part, but I was just. It, it's curious because, like, right now, when we're in this middle part, you know, you think about Vance. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. So are we the on next... the uh, are we are we breaking forward and going beyond the entries that people have? Where uh... well, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we should go ahead? Go for it. Can we put a big like spoilers? Thing on the screen is it really a spoiler i mean then next week when we do this again anymore when we do this yeah. again and we do this again we're just gonna have spoilers on top of spoilers it's gonna get a little much just yeah. do it is there just anything more to say on what we're talking about right now maybe we can just hold it here hmm. Hmm. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> probably but i'm not i i don't, I don't like I feel as though maybe maybe the... maybe we should just say the people that are here listening to this live are lucky and we should talk about it. <laughs> and then on Tuesday when you share the episode everybody will be up to par. What? <laughs> Everyone will be what? I don't know. I think he thinks trials starts on Tuesdays. It starts on Fridays, man. <laughs> Oh, I mean um, Friday, yeah. I actually do have a question that I want. I want the opinion on. Did we talk about it last week? Vance being blind. We did a little bit. And how it kind of it doesn't it doesn't make sense because Vance being blind was supposed to be the event that made him think he was a guardian. Yeah. He he claimed oh, yeah. he claimed in losing his eyesight he thought he became a guardian because something of Osiris, but mm -hmm. he joins the cult of Osiris as a blind man, mm -hmm. or, or was he previously in the cult of Osiris and just not on Mercury? Was he running around the I, city I... saying he's a guardian because he's blind, <laughs> bumping into <laughs> shit? Yeah, we did talk know. a little bit about. Um... Vance thinking he was a guardian. <clears throat> I feel as though I, I don't know. I, I feel as yeah, I don't think it makes sense personally. Yeah. I think based on chapters like chapter three, was mm. it where Vance arrives at the um, He arrives. He he, he yeah. he's there and Sister Feora is talking down to him. He's like, Oh, I should have known it was Sister yeah. Feora. Like I think the the order of events if we if we take the dialogue from D one, yeah, and the dialogue from D two in Curse of Osiris, mm. plus this, I can't think of any way that they all fit together. Yeah, it feel it feels like a, it doesn't feel like a retcon because it kind of feels like they're still saying that's what happened. It just feels like the timeline yeah. is a little off. Yeah. But there is, I mean, we discussed that, uh, this last week a little bit. You know, there is kind of a retcon in that, you know. The cult of Osiris, the, the followers of Osiris, the cult of Osiris. 
back yeah. and forth. And like yeah. the whole, you know, like like it definitely felt as though I I I did feel as though within the in Curse of Osiris, Vance was rewritten to be uh, like a comedy figure. Yeah. Almost, you know? yeah. I don't think like, that's ever a smart decision. Never build someone up and then be like, actually, yeah. they're pathetic. Yeah. Like, and I think it doesn't really work in that, you know, that there are a lot of characters that provide levity, mm. but that doesn't mean like Cade, what, what is one of the funniest characters in the, the series, mm-hmm. but they always like, you know, he's not a, he's not a weak character. Right. He's not a, um, you know, he, he, he definitely has flaws, but you know, a lot of the time when you discover more about him, you actually realize that the decisions that he made were, you know, with with other people's best interests at heart. And, or that there was like a really sad story behind some yeah. of the things. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I remember completing the, um, you know, the Night Stalker quest in The Taken King uh-huh. uh, with Tevis Larson, yeah. where mm-hmm. Kate is just like, you know, he doesn't make a joke out of it. He's just, he's just very like, you know, he he brushes so many things off. But then when you come back from that quest, he's like, "Yeah, Tevis was a really good guy, and um, he deserved better than that." Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's actually, you know, you you have that that balance. You have somebody who can be kind of lighthearted and and you know make jokes, but is also a real person. Right. Vance are almost like we're not laughing with Vance. A lot of the time, we're just laughing at him, and that's like a shame. Like I, I don't. I feel as though um, that decision, like now, now they're starting to kind of back backtrack a little bit. It's and I, yeah, I know we covered this last week, and I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit, but I definitely feel as though th- there's a lot of interesting stuff about Vance, and. Mm-hmm. There's no. They didn't have to take this detour into the character that he became in Curse of Paris. It would have been a lot more. I don't know. I think it would have left left them with a lot more possibilities if they didn't kind of, you know, kind of say all of this stuff about. Oh, I thought I was a guardian. Right. Um, you know, like. I don't know. Like, kind of painting him as a fanboy is has has made it a lot more difficult i think for them to to recapture him as a yeah. as like an actual respectable figure well yeah. could you could you could you somehow reconcile his guardianship as maybe the timeline thing was you know he was a follower then he's the leader well he's still not or... even a leader right but like no. he thought he was part of that well my issue with it is that in D1, he made it seem like he was more than a guardian. And then mm-hmm. in D2, he wasn't even a guardian. It wasn't a step back. It was like three like steps back. back. Yeah. Like yeah. fell down the stairs. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the way that it was presented in Curse of Us was very like, oh, I, th- I can't remember the exact lines. I don't think we've got them captured on, on, mm-hmm. on Ishtar. But it's basically like, oh, you know, I... I th- you know, I thought I was a guardian, and it's like, all right, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, okay. It's not like there was actually a moment that could have made sense where it was like he did something that was miraculous, yeah. but it was 
an accident and it wasn't yeah. a guardian ability. It was like he did something with Vex technology and it was like, oh, so he's not a guardian, but he's kind of like savvy with Vex tech. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It was yeah. just you know, one day I thought I was a guardian, man. That was, I was wrong. Yeah. That's... By the way, those weapons are awesome. I, I think they're underrated just as far as aesthetics go. I wish they what would weapons? keep all the, all the ones with the Vex tech, you know, Vex tech with the hoses and the Vex fluid. And yes, I mean, I, I, I wish they would expand upon that idea. I really like the, the, the aesthetic of those weapons. I mean, yeah. I know that everything has its own, you know, whatever, but I really, I really like the way they honed in on that whole, uh, this is, this is a part of this expansion because it has the hoses and the Vex and the stuff like that. So, uh, green and chat, a little while ago actually mentioned, do you think, uh, does anyone think the tones are related to a possible music of the spheres, which mm. vaguely reminded me of this podcast I used to listen to that was kind of like it <laughs> dealt with, um, the cult of, of Pythagoras and everything. And like how mm. music kind of like vibrates. Yeah. Like charts a ratio perfectly and uh-huh. everything. Yeah. And I don't know. I remember well, the music of the, music spheres, of the spheres was a thing in Destiny. I know the meme. It was a music. It was the music of the spheres. Yeah. It was. It was Marty. Yeah. His, his whole so, album. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to clarify my my point a little though, because okay. Green is totally right. Green Green is totally right. In this law book, Vance has a gift that nobody else has. Yeah, but it's hard. But, but it's my, hard to care. My argument. Well, yeah, but my argument is that when, like, like you were just saying, Anon, in Destiny Two, when Vance say in Curse of Osiris, Vance says, "Oh, I thought I was a guardian," without any context explaining how he is different from normal non-guardians, that's just—it's like, what, what is, what are you? Okay, yeah. that's a we- that's really weird. Why would you think you were a guardian? Um, definitely by adding this at this point. The writers are taking a step to to give Vance more background, to give him something interesting that explains why he is different to the average person. But, but my point is, like, it's much harder for the Destiny writers. I, I, I feel it's much harder to kind of do this now after they've already had Curse of Osiris where Vance is kind of just a, a guy, a useless kind of guy who doesn't doesn't seem to have anything interesting about mm. him. Um, I actually think that if Vance hadn't been in Curse of Osiris, it would be so much easier to to you know you'd still have all the 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 mythos around him. Like if it was Destiny Sister Feora and she was a fan yeah. girl, it'd be like this girl's weird, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but in terms of the the gift that. Vance has, he does seem to be the only one who is capable of, I don't know about hearing the tones, but he's the only one who seems to be capable of, capable of interpreting the tones. Well, I mean, he's the only one that can hear him based on everyone, anything else as well, which means he's the only one that can interpret them. Because if no one yeah. else can hear them, it's not like he can just be like, it was uh, this and this. Because and... then, so what? Like, So it's like that yeah. thing when, when people 
um, lose one sense, all their other senses become heightened, maybe. Do you think it's because he's maybe. blind? I don't think him being blind has anything to do with it. You see, he says, he says, none were able to ascertain much. So he says, um, I had others accompany me to the spire to see if they too could hear the talk. None were able to ascertain much. It seems one would need to be musically inclined or have some training. And the weight has fallen on me to decipher the code. Oh, great. Which it's made me wonder, like, can other well can other people hear it? Or they just can't hear the patterns, or is it that other people can't even hear it at all? My interpretation is that other people can't even hear it at all. Hmm. Yeah. Which would be, you know, if it's like like either way, I think it it does set Vance apart from everybody else. No, it uh, absolutely it, it makes him different. But especially with the end of this book in mind, where he's told not to pursue this anymore, when he cancels mm-hmm. the trials of Osiris, when he he thinks he knows everything there is to know, without going further with this character development, it just kind of makes me say, okay, like, with mm. so much thing, so much backpedaling that has happened on Vance as a character, giving him one thing without an instantaneous payoff where Vance actually has something, it, mm-hmm. it makes it hard for me to still like him to think like, yes, mm-hmm. this will make me care about him as a character more where it's like, yeah, remember back in D one, I was doing this thing and I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's like good for you, but like, it's like, it's like, it's like buying a, a Rubik's cube <laughs> and then knowing that one day you might be able to, but you're so frustrated with it, you just throw it on the shelf. Mm. <laughs> That's Vance. Vance is the Rubik's Cube sitting on my shelf that I'll never try to solve. Unless somebody <laughs> teaches me the trick. There's, lo- there's lots of guides. Have you seen the guy that can juggle them and solve them at the same time? Yeah. That's crazy. Pretty cool. There's a guy, a guy that I work with um, is obsessed with the Rubik's Cubes and variations on on the rubik's cube uh his desk is just made like, of rubik's cubes it, it it kind of is like he has so many it's ridiculous <laughs> that's um, pretty cool he has to assemble it every day <laughs> yeah and then before he goes home he messes it all up so yeah. that he has a fresh challenge for the morning wow he got no Not work really. today. I but was he, really stuck on these Rubik's cubes. <laughs> like some of the ones, some of the ones that he's got though, because they're not they're not all cubes. Um, like the various different shapes, and some of them are. Huh? It's like you, you get some that are that are like not not a uniform shape. So when they're solved, they might look like a like a um like an elongated cube, for example. You know, so it might be like eight. So you might have like uh, four long and then two on the end or something like that. But then when you're in the middle of it, when you shuffle it, it's like it's not a, all the the cubes are pointing out in different directions. It's pretty like cool. Os- so Osiris is... Yeah, it's like Osiris' yeah. little thing. <laughs> His little oh, snakes. Always bringing us back on topic these days. Crazy. <laughs> um, I, I do lives. hope that they do more with Brother Vance. But yeah, I mean, we already had the season of Osiris, you know, that was season mm-hmm. of Dawn. Now we're in right. season of the worthy and it's still kind of touching on it. We got trials back, but mm-hmm. think about the next season. 
Do you think Vance is going to be relevant then? Think about the season after that. Do you think Vance is going to be relevant then? It's like, it it yeah. feels like they tried to correct his character, but he was already out of my mind. Correcting his character doesn't really progress I think the they story. Just wanted to have some way to tie up D one storyline into D two. I think I that like was the just... only thing they. I think they were just hung up on building a little bridge that would allow you to travel from the D one trials of Osiris to the D two. Mm-hmm. I think you know they just wanted more something. for me though. Actually, it makes me think that Mara is cooler. Because I know Mara's yeah. coming back. <laughs> yeah. And that was the big the big reveal at the end of the book. The big reveal wasn't that Vance actually was a guardian. That would be funny. <laughs> if he was like, what? he found a way to make himself a guardian after all this. And it was like at yeah. the end of, at the end of D1, at the beginning of D2, he actually became a guardian. But then in Curse of Osiris, he was just like, you, you go do that. Yeah. It's funny because they they choose certain elements to expand upon or use as leverage to go to the next plot, but there are so many things that I would rather know about. Yeah, <laughs> like Thanata knots, mm. or or you know just so many things that just pique my curiosity way more than some of these more linear stories. Yeah. Like they just drop name drop them. They're breaking toes with all the name dropping in the lore, <laughs> but they never, they never, they never expand upon it. Like they brought up Thanatonauts again, you know. I mean, that's like, oh hey, well you know, uh, people were dying in Trials of Osiris, and they like to die, and we're gonna explore that more. Uh, we can use that here. I don't know. Shall we, I mean, well, shall I, we go on to the next one <laughs> or not? Well, I, I was kind of pushing that out, this conversation out, because I was like, we're, we're right out of our time anyway. So now we can just okay. kind of hold it for the next episode. All right. Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I, I, really I think need, it's really interesting. I do. I, I, I think the book is really interesting, and I'm really excited to have the book. I love the book. But still, Vance is a character. I just I don't really hold him with much excitement, like I do other characters. Like if we got another yeah. book about Cade, even though I'm like sick of Cade being such a focal point, I wouldn't be very excited. If we yeah. get a book about Felwinter, I will go nuts. Well, we did get we did get a little bit of Cade that last on the season worthy. That was a cool little ship, you know, that talked about oh, yeah. Cade. That was pretty cool. It was just kind of like, hey, I know, I know, you know, stuff is dark, but you know, there's a little bit of hope. Do you know why we got stuff on Cade this season? No, because Cade is actually uh, an echo of Rasputin. <laughs> I'm gonna be right on this one. Stop it. I mean, you might be, but I also I'm feel as be. though I feel like Andal knew but nothing. What made Andal so smart Kade. about it? I mean, like, why did he know? Andal reviewed Andal, the. Re- Andal didn't know. Andal looked at everything there was to look at and concluded that Cade <laughs> was an echo of Rasputin way back in D one. Bungie has known this this whole time. Andal was just embarrassing Cade in front of Ikora. No. That's what. How, I how does that embarrass Cade? 
because Kate, I think you're actually rescuing. <clears throat> you know that thing that could actually kind of fight the darkness. Isn't that embarrassing, Ikora? Kate is super powerful. <laughs> it's like when somebody makes fun of you for being something that you actually are. <laughs> But you're like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Ha, ha, ha. I would actually. I'm not an echo. I would. Uh, Matt so, Gurney just asked in chat really quick, though. What about books about Sloane or Asher? I would love a book about Asher. Sloane yeah. is this kind of such a quiet background character that I'm not too excited about a book about her. But, I mean, if there was one that was good, you know. I, I don't. I, I would. I'll take a book on anything. Yeah, sure. Frankly. I'll take. A, I will. I'll, I'll gladly take. Happy, so we don't have to do I'll this gladly take. <laughs> I would be happy to have another book on Vance, really. Like, I no, I would not as happy as I would be with some other topics, but like, right. yeah, that would be great. Like, give us more information. Like, give I, us I, another I, book on someone else, and then just drop some stuff about Vance in it yeah. that ties it mm. up. That would be better. Yeah, I just want to read something from Ghost Fragment Rasputin. Uh, <laughs> um. And you know what? And I, I, I... okay. So like my old friend Andal, he used to stand here right in this spot. He'd come up with these wild stories. He'd say, "You know, Cade, I've been examining the evidence, and personally, I've come to think it's you. You're Rasputin, legendary war mind, defender of Earth, and I wish you'd remember that so you could reclaim your full power and save us all." Proof. You can see how that'd be embarrassing. Proof. Especially when Facts. he'd say it right in front of Zavala, said who right already there. thought I was wasting my life scrounging said, for engrams. He said right there that he was Rasputin. <laughs> he just read it. You just confirmed it. Thank you. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> Maybe Baxter, he was trying to keep him from actually becoming the Hunter Vanguard because he knew Cade didn't want to be. He's like, hey, man, you got to get me out of this. Hmm. Think up something crazy to say in front of Zavala so he won't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I, but then Zavala did. And Zavala hates Rasputin. I so. just... Well, now he does. He didn't used to. Uh, I mean, he's At never been At that point, he was all about Rasputin. He was like, Rasputin's going to be our savior. Was he? Yeah. Mm. It wasn't until... Uh, I don't know, like the Red War era, where he started looking back at all the things that he thought were there to save us. And then he started <laughs> saying, like... Oh, no, um, uh, Rise you of know, Iron. Yeah, there you go. You know what's craziest is that Saladin isn't just pissed off that we are even talking to Rasputin this whole time. I mean, isn't he though? Because in in the Iron Banner in Warmind, he like had a special dialogue about it where he was like, "I can't believe you." Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, like he comes to the tower every month. And he knows we're just chilling with Rasputin, helping him out and doing all these things for him. Like I'd like to see, I'd like to see Rasputin and Anna Bray sit across the table and try to have a conversation. I don't think Rasputin can be trust, trusted. To I mean, be honest. Saladin, Saladin, and Anna Bray sitting across from each other at a table talking about Rasputin. No, I get that. I'm just saying. Also, I don't think Rasputin can be trusted. Yeah. But I, I think it's in, you know, I, I find the, okay, I, I know that there's a lot of stuff that, that's kind of theorized and there's some data mined stuff and there's a lot of other things. 
that I don't think we want to talk about. No. But um, I just, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy stuff, and I'm really interested to see. Like I saw you posted a tweet earlier, Anon, about the number of um, triumphs. Or, yeah, or it was. The there of... was like a weird 150 triumphs missing in game, but apparently mm. on Braytech it counts them properly. So it might ah. just be a weird bug in game. Okay. Hmm. And how many does it say there are? Does it does it have the Braytech? It's like uh, filled out. Uh, uh, it's like four nine nine four nine nine, but people were missing like the nine from Trials and Tribulations, so they had right. four ninety stuff like that. Okay. All right. Well, I was gonna say there's definitely not a hidden triumph for losing twenty five Trials of Osiris matches in a row. <laughs> How many entries are in Vance's journal? Let's uh, let's look at that really Nine. quick. Nine. Uh, oh, wait. 63. Sorry. I thought you meant how many pages in the book, but yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. You have to lose 63 times in a row because that's, that's how many entries Vance wrote in his little journal about trials. So well, I'm probably keep close now, so yeah. Keep it up, man. Although I am getting a little bit better, <laughs> but my God. <laughs> I had... Uh, I had one win on PlayStation 4 last weekend, and then I that's all I wanted. I only wanted the one win for the lore. Mm-hmm. And I had a yeah. headache for like three days after that, playing <laughs> back on PS4 from computer. Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of stories about that because the frame rates are just insane on a PC versus yeah. console. It's really hard to come back. I, yeah. can't, I can't play some certain games at all. Mm-hmm. Just that are you know really intense like um oh what was that game I don't know something like Doom I th- I could imagine trying to sit down and play Doom like right now my mind my, my brain would probably explode but is that because of the the frame rate the low frame yeah, rate yeah because of all the the enhanced graphics and frame like when Halo Five came out and I had been playing Destiny for so long I jumped into Halo Five and the first week was just hard. Because, you know, the the graphics were so much better in five. I mean, they still are, but now I'm used to it. Mm. I just couldn't imagine playing. Uh, and I know Destiny on on PC is still way better graphics, all that. But at the at at a certain point, it still is lacking um, certain enhancements. Like if they had a Destiny three that used a new engine that encompassed a lot of the different things that everybody's using now i mean like even i was playing apex uh, Mm. that one time and i was like man this is crazy but i I feel like i don't know i feel like a lot of the um some of the things about destiny's engine are like design decisions like intentional decisions you know like I, i feel as though um even if there was a new engine there are certain graphical things that that Bungie do that they probably wouldn't change because it's like a stylistic choice. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I remember back when they when they first let us do the 3D rotate on our character in D1 so that we could actually see the back of them in our character viewer screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kind of did a little bit of an enhancement to it. And I was watching some streamer, I think it was probably Gathalian or something right when it happened. And he made a comment. He was like, yeah, everything looks like claymation now, (laughs) you know? So like, there's still kind of a little bit of a a stylistic choice. Like if you look at the characters in destiny versus the characters in some other game, Hmm. 
Hmm. I mean, like, like you, you know, one of the things I, I'm, I would be one of the things that I kind of worry about a little bit with Destiny as a, as like the game and the the franchise is that I know some people have opted, like I've read a few times on on Reddit, <clears throat> which obviously has kind of a a biased um, view. So I don't I don't take you, you know, all the posts on Reddit seriously. Well, <laughs> um, but you know that there are a few people who've said I'm not going to buy the season pass. I'm just going to wait for Destiny Three. Like some people, some people have taken that view, which I don't know if that makes sense because I don't know how far away Destiny Three is. But um, I've also said before, like I'm not super keen on 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 a Destiny three because it was a really painful. You know, I I, I, I there's a lot of MMOs that I, that I've loved. Destiny has definitely moved more towards that MMO, yeah, sp- like the RPG type space over yeah. the last year or so. I, I got to admit, and I'm not I think, I'm not a fan of that move. Well, no. okay, but, but but one of the one of the things that was really painful for me was the move from Destiny two. So the move from Destiny One to Destiny Two, I like w- w- one of the things <laughs> that, I, that I loved about one of the things that they try to sell with Destiny and with Destiny Two is you can get you, you'll get items, you'll get um, you know ornaments or whatever artifacts as as you play the game that that commemorate the time that you played, and then when you go to a, an event people will be like, oh, wow, what's that cool weapon? And it's like, oh, right. yeah, I got this from doing this. That's a really appealing um, like concept to me. But you can't do that if you wipe the game every few years. That's like, true. You, can, you know, with like, if you, I know Destiny is not trying to be like World of Warcraft or something like that. But like, you know, can you imagine having these world wipes every few years in World I, of Warcraft? I people can't just stop imagine... I can't imagine, I can't imagine a Destiny three being like Destiny two was compared to Destiny one. Like if that happened again, I could not imagine it. I don't well, think I, I don't think that. Going forward, I don't imagine it, but I can. I don't but think see, going to, to forward, some you people just take everything planet wide, all the planets that we've yeah uh, yeah, and just start over. But Here's I think three some, zones. some people find that more appealing because. If they haven't, like you know, we play a lot, right? Yeah. Like even though we don't play as, like I know I don't play as much as certain streamers or whatever. You know, I, in fact, like this week I haven't played that much at all. But we still, I know I still play pretty regularly, actually. Mm-hmm. But for the people who have taken a break, it's very appealing to them to say, "Let's have a fresh start," because now they're, you know, a hundred light levels behind or whatever. Right. I mean, so it's so easy think, to get those back, though. It is, but uh, but it's the perception. It's the perception more than the the actual. You know, like I, I, there were some people talking in the Ishtar Collective Discord earlier today about the Discord. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, I understand yeah. what you're saying, Baxter. You should join. And I, I just want to say, Baxter. I want to yeah. say real quick. I know what you're saying, um, but like for. Like for instance, I'm more of a casual player, and I play with mm-hmm. my wife. Every day we play either Halo or Destiny, and getting into Destiny where I want to play uh, Trials of Osiris, and I'm not I'm not a great PvP player, but I'm pretty good. And my wife's 
pretty good too. And so being able to jump into trials of Osiris and have that extra uh, challenge is fun for me. But when I jump in there, because I'm not a hardcore and I haven't gotten to, you know, a thousand uh, yet, jumping in there at 960 and immediately having to go up against thousands is frustrating because Mm -hmm. at any given moment, I could take on any of those players and have a more balanced experience, but I can't because I'm not at that level yet. And it's a slog for me to get to that level. And then on top of that, I've got to micromanage all of the perks, all of the the stats on my gear. And it's, and for me as a first person shooter, a person who grew up with Bungie and, and has played all of the halos. And then the reason I got into destiny was because of that, the MMO, up aspect of it is not appealing to me mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean i can understand that but i but like um there's, there's definitely a, a middle ground like like one of the things i like about um it, it doesn't feel the same like things like iron banner for example don't feel as unbalanced as trials of osiris i agree um and you know, like I, I like the the first week I played Trials, there were a few instances like like as I was saying to Danny as we were playing, like don't get me wrong, I know that we would have lost even if we had the same light level. <laughs> because the guys we were playing were much better than we were. But it's really frustrating when you shotgun someone to the face and they've still got a sliver of health left. Yep. And yep. They, and they and they kill you. And it's like this that that I, I I didn't like we lost so many games and most of them they didn't bother me because I was like yeah you know what they were better than us sure. but the ones where they they you know the the kills that they got because our light level was different yeah that like here's a good example it's like a nine sixty Soros at a guy who's a thousand mm-hmm. and you're both shooting each other at exact same time same frame rate hitting all your bullets but you die in, like twice as fast. Yeah, that's the experience that I'm hitting. And so that that's great and all that you've got the extra power and you've got that over me. But as far as skill goes, if I'm if I'm matched in skill, what's the better proof of 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 player? Mm -hmm. Is it that is it that I've attained this highlight and you're challenging me at a lower light? So I've killed you at as a lower light. Well, in in my mind, if I killed you then I'm a better player and I should be somewhat rewarded for that. Like in iron banner, iron banner, when you put on the burden, you know, you can go in there and match against people who are way higher than you. But when Mm -hmm. you kill them, you get a little bit of extra incentive from, from that you don't in trials. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I guess like, there, I yeah. guess it would be pretty cool if there was a passage that actually boosted you to a thousand. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, yeah. But then I get yeah, that you're, would be you're, cool. Instead of taking a mercy passage, you're taking a one thousand passage. Yeah, that would so be so you nice. just you get to go in. Yeah, and then yeah, I suppose that that makes sense if you don't get the mercy. But I mean, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. Obviously. It, Towards the end of a season, when more more people are closer to the the cap, yeah, it's it going to be, be so less bad. of an issue. 
and but I definitely then, then the cap rises again and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it's... I mean yeah it definitely it gives an advantage to people who were able to grind earlier Constantly, on in the season yeah. But then that's that's the dichotomy is if you're a PvP player and you don't want to go out and do all the PvE activities like, mm-hmm. you know, and I can understand why so many people were upset when Trials first came out because that was the first comments that were coming out before it even arrived was, oh, mm-hmm. so now I got to go against these uh, people who grind PvE all the time and I'm a PvP player. Why is that fair? You know, that that whole mm-hmm. debate was coming up. But I can kind of understand. I'll, all I want to see is if they're going to do something going forward, they need a way for other players to be involved with it, like it or not. I know there's a lot of um, new people playing because we have a free game now. And so people can jump in and immediately start playing Trials, even though they haven't bought the game or bought other you know expansions or whatever. Um, so there's that. But But... That's in my mind. That's a little bit more fair than saying, "Oh no, nobody is allowed to play this content unless you've done every pinnacle thing to attain that high gear and you've micromanaged all your perks and everything that you have to be able to enter this whole thing." Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't. In my mind, I don't think Trials of Osiris should be um, a pinnacle activity for people who play the entirety of the game at its full speed okay but i mean at, at, at the same time though like trials of osiris in destiny one still had light level advantage so how is like what's the difference really i think it was you know? easier to get the light level advantage up on your character in d1 i don't know about that i mean there's so many i remember especially before the taken king like um it was like trying to get to the max light level oh yeah well that was so yeah difficult. that was before taking king but i'm what i'm saying is like when we when we first were playing if you played crucible and that's what you like mm-hmm. to play and that's all you wanted to play and you wanted yeah. to play the game the way you wanted to play you were rewarded for playing the way you wanted to play with higher light gear better drops stuff like that yeah but i mean realistically that's still like i i know there's a lot of people who like destiny 2 you can't play the way you want to play but you totally can't like i, like, I mean i still just, do just as much i yeah, still just, do i'm just, just at a much. disadvantage and it's frustrating i don't know i mean like okay fair enough if you if you're doing like the raid every week if you're doing nightfalls if you're doing um you know that the, 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 there are certain like uh difficult activities that you have to do with an organized team that give you high light level rewards mm-hmm. yeah but there's also I'm... plenty of other things that you can do like I, you, you can just play four <laughs> games of control yeah every week and I, you get... I, I disagree with the any statement that says that it's not easy to get to 1000 i went to 1000 mm-hmm. in two weeks of just doing the single player available powerful drops yeah. that's three nightmare runs do that mission on the moon do eris's bounties do uh sorrow's harbor there's always people there even though we're mm-hmm how many months like seven months away yeah. from when it originally came out there are still people in Starro's harbor every week doing it there's, yeah. there's several avenues no, and that's to not and i'm drop. just i'm playing devil's advocate for all the people who don't want i mean there are yeah. tons of people that only want to play crucible when i play halo 5 i don't go in and start playing all the missions again over and over that game sucks the mission and the stories were horrible no i'm not i'm not kidding halo 5 story 
was the, as far as the game goes, was the worst that I've ever played of all of the Halo franchises. But I 100% absolutely love the PvP mm-hmm. in that game. And that's and, why and I like, go in there and play. I, I, to- I totally see what you're saying. My only point is that I don't think anything's changed from when Trials of Osiris was introduced in kind of the House of Wolves mm-hmm. era. I don't think there's any difference between then and now. As Penns says in the chat, Forever 29. That was yeah, the. That was horrible. It was, so, it was so impossible to get to to. All I wanted to do was experience the raid, and I couldn't get there forever. Yeah. And then when I finally got in there, um, my first drop I, was hard light. My second time was Gallahorn. But, but like, <laughs> but like, what I'm saying is that the um, if you only want to do PvP. Then yes, I I, I prefer playing PVP to PVE most. Well, of the if you time, only want to do honest. PVP, you have comp. Every sub rank yeah. in the comp yeah. playlist is a powerful drop. In three yeah. matches, I got four powerful drops, which is so, like, more than you get in regular. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 true. I like. I guess what I'm saying is it it kind of feels a bit different, but actually, is it that much different than when Trials of Osiris was introduced? No, I it's not. I'm not. just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying yeah. to, yeah, yeah. like, sh- you know, I'm just saying that if you're gonna paint a broad brush across Destiny as a whole, it's not, it's not completely balanced for every type of player. As 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 much as as much as some people will say, well, just play the way you want. Well, not everybody can do that, and it's that, that... more set up for either diehards or omni gamers. You know, like people like yeah. me who do go into PVE and PVP. Like if I wanted to, I'll probably do it later on today. I'll go run a bunch of strikes. I'll go do some gambit. I'll go do some, you know, control. I'll go play some trials. I'll go do everything I want to do just if I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But for the for the people, I'm just saying there are people out there and they don't want to. And and I don't feel like it's balanced enough for those people that want to play the way they want to play and they don't care right. about everything else. But I think it's yeah, and I totally see what you're saying. But it's like it's got to be you can't you can't. I would love it if there was an option for Trials of Osiris disabled because I'm not at a thousand light. But yeah. I also kind of I think accept Anon that... did a good job with that whole. Let's let's make that happen. Somebody make that happen. <laughs> let's have but a trans passage where at everybody the, who at buys the same it can time. At the same time, though, I do think it's kind of reasonable to say, like, there is some you you can totally play the way that you want to play. You can you can like I love going in and just playing mm-hmm. uh, control for a bit, but like, you know, I don't have to grind light levels to be able to do that. So like, you you, you can go in and you can enjoy the game that the way that you want. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the rewards that you want to get. You know, I just, it's you know? funny because I see so many people get upset whenever there's a, a quest or a part of the story that's that has PvP elements involved with it. And I know a lot of the bounties and quests now have been retuned. They're great now. I love the fact that you can, in like, for instance, the Warmind bounties, there's like three different things you can do and they all count towards that same PvE mm-hmm. style bounty. And it's like, well, you could do this, or you could do Crucible, or you could do this, you know. So the, it's nice that they've done that. They've been more inclusive for people. Uh, but at the same time, it's funny 
how like the one side uh, for the PVE people, whenever there's a PVP activity that requires you to go in and play PVP, those people get so angry about it. And then on the other side, when the PVP guys get mad, uh, the PVEers are like, nah, just why do you care? You have to play everything in this game. You have to play the story. You have to enjoy the raid if you want to get everything out of the game. Well, not everybody feels that way. And I think that the PVP crowd is such a, um, you know, as far as those diehard PVP people that only want to, I just think that they're just a, a minority that gets overlooked a lot of times. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this got derailed for a half an hour. Uh, <laughs> but we're still talking about Trials of Osiris. It's true. Yeah, I bet. So are we good? <laughs> we got all that. Yeah. So I didn't I mean, want to interrupt I'm... you guys. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, no, no, no." I was just having, I was just having a discussion, not an argument at all. I was just trying well, to I say, didn't say you were having an argument. Yeah, yeah. No, Baxter brings up a lot of really good, valid points, and I just think that I think in the totality of all of it, people need to consider these things going forward because, um, no, I, Craig said it best. Craig said it best. And I'll always think about it when this topic comes up. He said, no one should feel like they're being punished for playing any game the way they want to play. All right. Well, I mean, I agree with that. But uh, for the sake of this episode, do you think we are ending on a good spot? There's something else I want to say. Really? <laughs> no, no, there's not. Yeah, um, our next episode will be on April 19th. We will be continuing the trials and tribulations discussion. Probably not the trials discussion. Uh, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe then my hair won't be uh, so bad. Mm-hmm. I like we'll it, all have man. our hair like that. You, you will. You're such if, a trend. You're if a trend. You and Rhino will get them. And Rhino will get a camera. I will keep it like this. <laughs> a tapered okay. haircut. Okay. <laughs> the tapered mullet. Yep. I'll do it on both sides. Yeah. This is so bad. You should, like, get a little hive symbol going in uh, your hair. Yeah, maybe I'll just, like, draw it in. Yeah. Do you think your clippers will be charged now? Oh, yeah, now they are. I had I had like ten minutes before the show to like try to go through it, and I was like, "That's too risky." Yeah, you could have made things so much. I, worse. It could have been worse Flash than it better, is. Better for us. What a sneeze! <laughs> <laughs> Love. All right. Well, cool. good chat. Uh, so, thanks for for watching. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.